all Delulu besties welcome. This is a safe space to vent, talk shit, reflect, and most importantly, keep it real. It's better to trauma dump here so that we don't explode on innocent randos. Just Just admit admit it. it. You're You're bothered. What's up, Delulu Besties? Welcome back to another episode of Balancing the Bullshit. Okay, wait. I think I'm possessed. Okay, what happened? <laughs> so I randomly got this email from the business school at Texas State. Mm-hmm. They have this new program, a mentoring program, just to like better set up the juniors and seniors for success. And okay. they asked if I wanted to be a mentor. Oh, wait, that's kind of cute. I said yes. <laughs> really? Wait, is this something that you have to like apply for and get interview and everything? I don't know if I have to interview. I, I did apply and I went to the info session. I don't really pay attention. So I don't even know what the process <laughs> are is. Like, this sounds cute. Let's yeah. Yeah. I was like, this sounds like fulfilling. And because, you know, I'm trying to rebuild my life to where it's fulfilled. And Laura has told me, even if I don't see the end result of where one thing is headed, like only do things that I find fun. This seems like it would be fulfilling. And so even though I'm not getting paid for it, it wouldn't be a job. It might lead me towards the right yeah, direction. You know what you're going to discover about yourself or like what opportunities are going to come to you. Yeah, maybe this. if I do that, then it'll spark something else in my head. Like it'll help me find my interests if I'm just starting yeah. to pursue things that I think are going to be fulfilling. That's so wholesome. I love that. Who am I? I know. Like the (laughs) Karen I knew a few years ago would never do something for free. Fuck no. (laughs) Or do something nice like that. No, not at all. I love that. I don't know who I am anymore. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) My mom all the time is like, where did my daughter go? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, girl. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) what happened. I know. Who would have thought? Yeah. We were had a conversation, I think last week about if you could just work at like a flower shop or just doing something wholesome like that. Do you yes. That conversation? Yes, and how it actually seems cute. Like before, never would I have ever given that a thought. I would have been like, "That's disgusting. That's a minimum wage job." But. Now I'm like, you know, it kind of sounds nice working at a coffee shop while I rebuild my career or yeah, or a flower shop, like something wholesome that just brings me joy. I think when you pursue things like that, then it'll kind of lead you in the right direction. Like you never know. Money will follow you when you're happy. Like money, Mm -hmm. it's like a neutral resource or at least the way that I see it because of manifesting. It's like a neutral resource. And so you have to like put yourself at a neutral vibration in order to attract what you want into your life. So like when people fear money or resent money, like nobody wants to hang out with you when you're that type of a miserable type of person that's resenting. Like if you, let's say I'm money, if you resented me, why would I ever be like, hey, do you want to be friends? But if you're either neutral or you're enjoying your life, I'd be like, wow, that's like a happy person that I want to, let me go approach him and see if he wants to be my friend. And I really think it's the same with money. Yeah, it is. Okay, well, that's amazing. I'm excited for you. Yeah. (laughs) So I feel like also every week that I talked to you there's some new realization or new epiphany or something that's happened <gasps> so give us an update I, I know there has to be something <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, no, I was so drained this weekend in a good way, but I actually did have such a big epiphany and it took a lot of energy out of me, but it was good. I think a lot of built up emotions were bubbled up to the surface that I didn't realize I hadn't dealt with already. So you know how we want to get a fuck boy on the podcast. Yes, we want to get uh, the inside scoop from a fuck boy on the podcast for you guys so badly. <laughs> and we had the perfect person. Yeah, um, a guy that I about. dated. Yes. <laughs> I know how to pick them. Yeah. <laughs> and I really thought that we could convince him to say yes. I was like, oh, yeah, like, of course he'll do it. Right, like, he's our friend. Like, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, t- like, I think it would be really insightful. And, like, if we could just pick your brain, you know, because you're a fuck boy. He said no. <laughs> <laughs> When you told me that, I was like, what do you mean he said no? Yeah, excuse me. (laughs) And that's kind of how the conversation went. I was like, excuse me? (laughs) Yeah, we were just like so taken aback. (laughs) Yeah, I was. And okay, I guess it makes sense. I have to respect other people's boundaries. I'm just so used to you and I being open. And because we're so comfortable with ourselves and we're not afraid to take a look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And we don't, we have worked through the shame and the guilt and the resentment towards ourselves and all of the trauma that we've been through, which is now why we're able to be so open about it. So I'm just used to that. And so I was taken aback. But if you think about it, a fuck boy is somebody who is insecure and isn't in tune with their emotions. So that type of a person is unfortunately not going to be willing (laughs) to come on the podcast because this requires you to be honest with yourself. And I was trying to guilt trip him into it. I thought I was being funny, but it was more of an intense conversation than I realized at the time until I started processing it afterwards. Cause pretty much I was like, you know what? You have never showed up for me. Like you had the opportunity to be a boyfriend and you backed out of that. Then you couldn't even be like a good friend, like show up for me now when I'm begging you. And he was like, you're manipulating me. Like, don't. And then I was like, okay, well, you're gaslighting me. Gaslighting, (laughs) all these buzzwords. (laughs) I know, it spiraled downhill so fast, which makes sense. Like, this is what happens when you're dealing with someone who's insecure. And I was like, it's time for you to grow up and be honest and take a look in the mirror. It's not as scary as you think it is. And I'm not wanting to relive our history. And even if I did, it's not that big of a deal. Like if you were comfortable with who you are and your past, it's a part of who you are. Fucking accept it and we can talk about it and then it won't be such a big deal but you wanting to avoid it it's like you're downplaying everything that we've been through and it's just not nice so anyway we're just going back and forth that wasn't really productive and then afterwards I started to get mad and so I kind of processed through all of these emotions and I think I ended up grieving I was driving from San Antonio to Austin which is about for anyone who doesn't know it's about like an hour hour and a half drive Oh my God, the amount of tissues that are sitting in my car, I should probably clean it out. But you cried? Yes, the entire car ride. But it was a good cry. I think I was grieving the old version of me. Oh my God, I do this all the time. Cute. Yeah, I think, which I have grieved the old version of me before. Because this stems all the way back to daddy issues. Just how I always felt rejected by my dad and... I just have picked so many men in my life, which I've settled for because they reminded me of my dad. And 
it, and none of this was ever conscious. I didn't realize this was all going on in my subconscious mind until Laura and I broke it down and talked through it. But a lot of the fuck boys that I've allowed to be in my life, it's almost because like I think okay, my dad didn't accept me or love me. So if I can convince this guy who's also emotionally unavailable, then I'll feel better about the situation with my dad. Of course, it never worked out that way. They all rejected me and treated like shit, exactly like my dad did. Like they just didn't care to be with me. And when we're allowing our ego to guide us through life it's the ego who is the inner toddler in us who obviously can't think logically from emotional mature standpoint so it was like the little toddler in me thinking that i would be able to redeem myself and make it all okay but even let's say that I was able to turn a fuck boy into a committed relationship who did accept me. It still is never going to make it okay that my dad didn't. Like the logic right. never makes sense when you're being guided by your ego. Mm -hmm. So anyway, when I was going through all these emotions, part of me was like, I hate him. I don't like the person that I am when I'm with him. I don't want to manipulate somebody or feel like I'm being gaslighted. But then the more I thought about it, I think I had to go through that mourning process of like mourning that version of me, how old was I? Like 24, 25 when I dated this guy. I just felt so bad for that little girl, but I was able to meet her with compassion now. I think when it happened at the time, I didn't mourn it because I just brushed it off and was like, okay, whatever. He didn't like me, on to the next. And then shocker, I found myself in the same situation with a new fuck boy. It was like fuck boy after fuck boy. Like it sounds weird that it just now is all hitting me, but it's because I'm finally in a healthy relationship. And so now I can look back and be like, oh fuck all of that that I went through wasn't okay and now I'm like oh my god that version of Karen deserved better so anyway after I grieved through all that I then also realized uh, and Laura has told me this I hold expectations on people and I'm asking them to do things that they're either not capable of or that they don't want to and mm -hmm. by doing that I'm letting myself down over and over again making that wound within me even bigger and I'm also tearing them apart, which is not a nice thing to do. So even though I felt justified in the moment being like, you need to grow up, you need to look in the mirror. Yes, he's capable of doing that, but it's pretty much the same thing. I'm asking him to do something that he's not. He's not there. Yeah, he's just not there. And yeah. who's to say that the way that I live life is better than his at the end of the day. We're both adults. We have jobs. Well, I don't have a job, but like we both are paying our bills. You're both doing like, your best. Yeah, yeah, we are. And I'm not above him. We're just on different life paths and we're all on our own journeys and things are going to happen to us at different timings. I can't continue to be mean to him. And I went through the same epiphany with my mom and it was really hard. Her and I used to butt heads a lot. And I would say this last year, it's been really fun. I feel like we're friends now. And it was all because I learned how to let go of expectations. It's almost like I wanted her to be my Laura. Mm -hmm. And I would Who's get- our life coach. Yes, our life coach. I would get mad at my mom when, if she gave me her opinion on what I should do with my life, it wasn't ever the right opinion that I wanted. And I would, in my head, almost be like, my mom is letting me down. But like, she did her job as a mom. She gave me food, shelter, the things that I needed. And then 
for the longest time I felt like the victim like I'm not getting you know this one area from her like the Laura the life coach area okay so fucking what big deal rather than wasting my energy feeling bad for myself I finally was like okay let me just accept that I have this from Laura whenever you don't have something give it to yourself an easy example for everybody to understand is in dating. If you don't have a partner, okay, so date yourself. Everything that you want, you're capable of giving it to yourself. So when I was able to do that with my mom, it not only helped me become an adult and mature, but it also was empowering because I stopped coming from a place of being a fucking toddler like wanting my mom to figure everything out for me and then i was able to put my big girl pants on and figure it out for myself yeah a lot of that has to do with just being a compassionate person towards the other person like so yes. your mom and our fuck boyfriend like you know <laughs> imagine if someone was wanting you to open up and do something really uncomfortable years ago when you weren't ready you know like yeah different points so it's really not fair for us to expect everyone to be on the same page as we are yes exactly you know? and to your point if i like put myself in his shoes when i'm insecure i'm not in tune with my emotions i'm still trying to figure out how to get comfortable with who i am so i'm not able to show up as like a healthy mature person who can communicate and reflect on mm -hmm. their emotions and mistakes that they've made and so if somebody were to ask me to do that and then they shoot me down for it like i'm already down and now you're kicking me down even more like i don't want to be that person yeah yeah Wow. Okay, so maybe we should start every episode with your weekly epiphany <laughs> instead of the uh, affirmation card because I feel like every week I talk to you, there's something new that you've realized. Oh, God, is there? When are they uh, going to stop? God damn. going to stop. <laughs> I could literally fill an entire ocean with the amount of tears that I've had. <laughs> I love it. Okay, this is also crazy. Like, for everyone listening, I did not know the story of Karen crying in the car and grieving everything. You know what's crazy is I did the same exact thing this week too what like i cried and how are crazy. we always on the same page weird. Oh, what happened because this time last year i was just kind of like looked to the date and then i realized oh yeah last year i was dating my ex so i i felt like i was in love with at the time this weekend last year was when i felt at the time the happiest i thought i'd ever been and now just looking back oh, i'm just so sad for that version Aww. of daniel because that's what he thought he needed and that what was going to make him so happy and it was all dependent on someone else and he was inside still insecure and anxious and oh. now i don't feel like that at all and it's just crazy that it's a one year difference which doesn't seem like a lot of time but it it has been a lot of time and like so much has happened in that short amount of time i want to cry again <laughs> this, is why I this is so cute yeah, it just made me also really proud too it was like Aww. wow i'm so happy that didn't work out and i'm so happy i didn't repeat the cycle that i had been repeating for so long hell yeah, yeah. see yeah and that's what i mean it's like a good cry it's yeah, important cry. to release our emotions and then also it helps you connect with yourself and like strengthen the relationship with yourself mm -hmm. as we both have done yes through our crying sessions go us ah, yay okay also should we tell everyone about your name update oh yeah i'm changing my name <laughs> <laughs> no not really so my real name is daniel karen has been calling me daniel on the podcast so to not confuse anyone 
I'm just going by Daniel. I've been wanting to do this forever and recently I decided since I am a new version of myself and I am starting my own business, Daniel is the new me. So yeah. Which is funny because on the entire podcast, pretty much all we preach about is how we're obsessed with Laura and doing the inner work. And it's all about peeling off the onion layers one by one. And the onion layers are everything that we've been conditioned by society, our parents, religion, culture, everything. We've been shaped to be people that we aren't. Like we lose our authentic selves as we go on through life. And so when you start going to therapy and doing the inner work, you're peeling off those onion layers, aka everything you've been conditioned with. So yeah, I guess you could say that you're changing, but you're, you've peeled off the onion layers and you're now coming back to who you are authentically, which yeah. is like your real name. Yeah, yeah. So this and, is amazing. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying everyone should change their name who goes through this, but for <laughs> me, it's just, it's the perfect reason to because Danny, who I was before, was in the closet, very insecure for a long time. That person is just not who I am anymore. And it seems like just the perfect time to... <laughs> officially switch over so cute uh, i love it okay for our weekly question and affirmation we have a new card basically me and karen will take turns every week this week i'll read a quote a question and an affirmation and karen will answer the question and we will post the card on instagram if anyone wants to go comment their answers as well so for the quote this week we were all born with this fire, but beginning in childhood, we let others snuff it out. Passion is the log that keeps the fire of purpose blazing. Your work now is to find that fire and rekindle it, and then to let it burn. Oprah Winfrey. Cute. Love her. I love her. She's so wise. Seriously. Okay, for the question for Karen, what am I most passionate about? Okay, perfect timing on this question because had you asked me this a year ago, I would have been triggered and pissed <laughs> because I, this is pretty much the entire reason why I hired Laura, our life coach, four right. years ago. I was like, I hate my career. I don't know what I'm passionate about. I thought I wanted to do sales and I hate it. Like, help mm -hmm. me figure out what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing here. Like, I'm over it. And... Going back to Oprah's point about just being your authentic self from childhood, like we're all born as our authentic pure selves and then we get conditioned by society, religion, culture, our parents, the media, advertisements right. telling us we're not good enough. So then we start to change ourselves to try to be accepted and please others and we lose our own interests. That's part of what I've realized with my passion and then the other crazy part is that now that I've found it, my entire life makes sense. Mm. Like everything that I've been through in childhood all guided me back to my passion. My passion is mental health. I want to find a cure for it. I mean, I pretty much have the cure already. I'm Granted, I'm not like a psychiatrist or a scientist. So I would need research to back this, but I'm so passionate about it. I've never been this passionate about anything in my entire life. I usually don't care about anything. Um, but it now makes sense how all my childhood trauma, like being abandoned by my dad and not feeling enough love from either one of my parents and growing up with money issues, 
how all of that guided me into such a dark hole in adulthood. And I needed to experience depression and anxiety to truly understand how important it is to be in tune with your emotions and to listen to your intuition in order to stay true to your authentic self. And that's what I now want to help everyone else do. Mm -hmm. But had I not gone through all of that, had I stayed true to my authentic self during childhood, I would have taken it for granted and I wouldn't have realized how severe it is Mm. to turn away from your authentic self. And I always have known that I love psychology. Like I've done therapy throughout my whole life, even in childhood. And so I've always known that I've had a small interest towards it, even in college. It was my first major. But because at that time of my life, I was thinking very logically and being guided by masculine energy, I couldn't see how psychology was going to make me rich. I was like, what am I going right. to be a social worker? And I switched over to business to chase money. So I've had all these little nudges throughout life where I've known that I've been really interested in psychology, but now that I've healed and I am the best version of myself, it all makes sense how like, obviously I'm here to work on mental health. And that's why I started our podcast. I created my manifesting course, wrote my book. You're really good at what you do and you've helped me a lot. Yeah. Just with, yeah. Being a friend and your course and everything. So yeah, stick with it. I love you. <laughs> love you too. Uh, okay. And for our affirmation of the day, it is, I protect my inner fire from those who don't believe in its brilliance. Wait, what? <laughs> no, I love this. So it's, it's saying essentially what you were saying. It's when we're born, we have this passion and this fire basically, but we are conditioned to not follow it. So for example, people who tell their kids that's unrealistic or you're not good enough to do that, or that's not going to make you any money or that sort of thing. So it's basically saying you're not going to let those sorts of people deter you from what you're actually passionate about. Love that. Yeah. That needs to be literally every single person on this earth. That needs to be their affirmation. Yes, yes. This is a really good one. Yeah, this is the cure <laughs> for mental health. I love it. Okay, so our theme for today's episode is taking a chance on yourself. So this is going to be taking that leap of faith and going with the flow. You have to get comfortable with failure. The best piece of life advice I've ever gotten was my sales director at my first job out of college. I was at a company, there was about like a thousand sales reps. So I had a long way to go before I became the number one sales rep. And I had mentioned it to him one day, I really want to be top sales rep. And he was like, well, Karen, in order to reach success, you're going to have to fail a lot. That version of me who had said that was very insecure and didn't believe that she was worthy of success. And every time I would look at somebody with success, it was a shiny thing, a destination to get towards. And I admired it so much. And I think it was because I was looking at it from an insecure place. And Mm -hmm. I thought that would make me secure. That final destination would. And so now that I guess I've reached quote unquote success, the last few years, every company I've worked for, I have been the top sales rep. And it's not that shiny end result thing. Like it didn't mm-hmm. feed my ego the way that I was expecting it to. 21 year old version would look at where I'm at now and be like, she's at the top, but there's always something further to climb. You're never going to get to the top. Right. So 
all I know now is I have failed a lot to get to where I am right now. So I don't even see it as success. Not to downplay. I'm not saying that I'm not successful, but he was right rather than seeing where i'm at right now as like the shiny destination that i always desired i've been humbled and i've just failed a lot i just had to keep trying things over and over until i finally got it right and even now that i guess i have it right quote unquote I, who knows how long i'm gonna have this for i just have to cherish it while the moment is here because you never know at any moment, anything in life can change. You can be shifted in a different direction. So I never know how long I'm going to have everything that I have, which goes into another point that I wanted to make. Okay, which goes to another point that I wanted to make today. So Daniel and I do our meditations on the Headspace app, and they'll always give a little like one to two minute story or lesson and before they actually start guiding you into the meditation. And the guy the other day, he was explaining how when you see a rainbow, you know that it's only going to be there for a few seconds. So you just have to savor it while it's there. Mm -hmm. You can't obsess yeah. over it or cling on to it. You just cherish it while it's there. And then once it's gone, you move on with your life. Yeah, you and don't then, keep thinking about like, when am I going to see another rainbow again? Like, Yes, you know? exactly. So the whole point of this is there's no need to harp on anything from the past or the future because really all you have is the present moment just sit there with it and cherish it know that it's not going to be forever so just enjoy it while you have it and it reminded me of when i was dealing with depression about the last two years i would say it was a season of my life. Now that I'm out of it, I can see that it was just a season. Mm -hmm. And it was definitely hard to sit with it. I sat myself down and was like, okay, from here, I'm at rock bottom. I'm either going to die or I'm going to come out of it. But there's no other way. Like it's only up from here or then I'll just be done with it and never have to deal with it again. And now looking back, I realized how important it was to trust my body for the people that are in control like type a personalities in their masculinity wanting to control everything and figure everything out themselves life doesn't have to be that hard or confusing mm -hmm. if you just let yourself go with the flow it'll be so much easier and now i can see how depression was my body being like okay bitch i've tried to warn you with anxiety how do you ever listen to your emotions to begin with? Like when you're sad, had you just sat with the sadness, we wouldn't be here. But then it led to anxiety because you ignored that. And you still ignored the anxiety. You kept going, you kept working, you kept never acknowledging your emotions. So now we're forcing you to sit the fuck down and reflect, mm -hmm. aka depression. So it was actually my body doing me a favor. It was guiding me because I suppressed my emotions my entire life and I never looked at all the trauma that I've been through. Now, during the last years of depression, I was forced to face the fact that I got raped, like all the shit that I've been through yeah. that I never took a second to acknowledge. It's important to allow yourself to cry and to realize that you deserve better. So that way you can learn from the situations and I have learned how to stand up for myself. I've learned what's not okay, which has taught me what I want out of life. It's taught me standards. But before, when I just disregarded my emotions and I would brush off every bad thing that ever happened to me, I was never giving myself the time to reflect and learn and grow from that. So depression was my body 
giving me the gift of time to sit the fuck down and it was guiding me it was preparing me for the high to come out of it to now blossom but in order to blossom i needed to have standards and know what i want out of life that way i can guide myself not end up in like shitty situations again that are going to continue to trash my soul and my life my depression was a very similar experience i think me and you are kind of lucky in a way that we were able to get ourselves out of depression in a shorter amount of time than a lot of other people. Obviously depression is a huge thing that so many people struggle with. And I know a lot of people are struggling with it their entire lives, like years and years and years. So what advice would you give to those types of people? They've been struggling with it for so long. They feel there's no way to ever get out of it. They don't even know where to start. So there's a lot of things I could say. There's a lot of little action items that I could say that I took to get me out of depression. That's when I started meditating. I went to therapy. I sat with my emotions. I started journaling. I found creative outlets like cooking, art, exercise, nutrition. But looking back at depression, I would say my one biggest piece of advice would be to surrender. Okay. Which goes along with the point that I'm trying to make If you go with the flow, you have to surrender in order to go with the flow because you have to let go of that control of not knowing how things are going to turn out and just Mm -hmm. trusting that they're going to be okay. And I'm so big on manifesting. And I know somebody right now listening could be like, well, I can't let go because so much in my life has gone wrong that I don't have the luxury of being able to relax. I have to protect myself. With that mentality, you're carrying your past onto the future and you're manifesting that into your present day. In order for you to let go of that, you have to bring yourself to a neutral state aka surrender just meet yourself where you're at so if where you're at is depression surrender to it take a step back obviously you're in pain obviously you're depleted of energy obviously you don't want to be here right now so rather than resisting that and trying to avoid it or trying to suppress your emotions even more or force yourself to go out and do something if you're not ready to because so many people say like oh well surround yourself with friends and family and positive influences that'll help you get your mind off things and that'll put you in a better mood which will help with depression if you're not ready yet don't do it listen to your body if your body is telling you hey we're depleted of energy and we're in your we're in pain okay lay the fuck down and try to listen to your body and it sounds confusing like what do you mean listen to my body but it's actually way simpler like there's no explanation needed like it's so simple what how would you explain no i i would give the same advice it is hard to recognize it and be able to surrender like i'm able to do it now if i am feeling really down or upset now i'll just say up to myself in my head it's okay this is gonna pass in a day, a few days, I try not to put a time limit on it, but it, this is going to pass. So let me just sit here and lay in my apartment for the rest of the day. Don't go to the gym. Don't feel like I need to go out and try to distract myself with something. Let myself feel upset now so that 
I can wake up tomorrow and hopefully those feelings are gone. If they're not gone tomorrow, well then maybe it'll take another day. I will just feel as sad as I have to. I will purposely just feel sad as opposed to trying to avoid it. And now I'm at the point, the last time that happened to me, it only lasted for a day. Yes, it gets yeah. shorter every time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when I was depressed, you know, obviously I had to sit through months of just being sad and being glued to the couch and releasing so much emotion. But once you release so much, then it's easier. Like for example, this past weekend, I was able to recognize I just had this uncomfortable phone call and now I'm feeling sad and I'm feeling mad and now I'm grieving. I went through all of these emotions, but I surrendered to them as they were coming up. Yeah, so I yeah. cried for an hour on my drive and then I was good after that. I released it and I was able to get back to my life. So it gets shorter every time. It's just when you're depressed, you've got to release everything that you've been suppressing. And what you just said explains everything perfectly that I was trying to explain about the rainbow. Same with the emotions, mm -hmm. like the rainbow, you know that it's only going to be there for a few seconds. So just sit with the rainbow while it's there. And then once it's gone, you don't need to obsess over when the next one's going to come or obsess over the one that just came. You just move on with your life. Same mm -hmm. with your emotions, same with depression. Just sit with it while it's there. It's going to pass eventually. And then you can move on to the next thing that life throws at you. And that's mm -hmm. called going with the flow. Yeah, yeah. When I'm actually feeling depressed or upset, I literally will just picture and remind myself it's cla like dark clouds in the sky. Yes. Like there's a mountain and you can't really see like this big, beautiful mountain because there's so many clouds around it. I love that. Yeah, but clouds don't stay in one spot forever. You know, they have to move eventually. And so that's kind of one of my little analogies. Yeah, that kind of works for me. But yeah, going back to what you're saying. So for me, I've and depressed on and off pretty much my whole life. Do you think when you were a child that you were depressed or do you think that didn't come until you were oh, older? No, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't too. know it at the time. No, and I didn't even think about it until this year. I was like, wow, I think I was depressed when I was a kid. I just yes. had no interest. Just the feeling that I had 24 seven was just a very, it was an unexplainable feeling at the time that I, reminds me of how I feel when I'm depressed sometimes now. So yeah, yeah it's just weird as a kid to experience that because you have no idea. Like you've heard the word depressed before, but you have no idea what it is or what it feels like. Everything we talk about on the pod is kind of taboo, but it's so important to talk about these things because depression, especially when you're a little kid, it seems something so extreme mm -hmm. and you think, oh, I don't deal with that. Like that's for somebody else going through something way more severe. Yeah, but it's like wants to kill themselves. Or, yes, yeah. but it's way more common than people think and not acknowledging it. Like a little kid who might start to be going through it, who doesn't realize it. They don't know, you know, what they're dealing with because no one talks about it. And then eventually it's going to lead to the point where you do want to kill yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. That's That's how I felt when I was a kid not wanting to kill myself, but I just had extreme anxiety. Anytime I would go to school, I felt so uncomfortable. I couldn't talk to anyone. I just felt really heavy. And I just thought that was just how I was. I thought it was, there was something wrong with me really. Like, Aww. you know, like, uh, I'm like this because I'm not good enough. I'm not like the other kids. I'm different, all that sorts of stuff. So that of course followed me into my teens and adult years. And 
you know, it was always off and on. Once I was able to get into college and start distracting myself, I kind of was able to ignore it, not really feel it as much, like with all the drinking and drugs and all that. But of course, it would sneak back in every once in a while until I was able to cover it back up again with partying. So the worst depression for me was actually this year, and it was a great thing. So at the time, I was wondering, am I ever going to get out of this? It felt like I was never going to move past how I was feeling. But now I look back and I'm super grateful for it because I was able to release so many emotions that I had not released before. I was able to finally cry. So before that I hadn't cried in years, like literal years. I couldn't remember the last wow. time I cried actually. That's so unhealthy. And it's unfortunately normal. Right. I went through that and I'm sure a lot of other people go through that, but it's not healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And even Laura, our life coach kept telling me, can you do anything to make yourself cry? Like watch a sad movie or something like that. And in my, I, in my head, I was thinking, no, like I know I can watch a movie and it's not going to make me cry. I just can't cry. And so finally, I was able to. So what had started the depression was a really bad breakup. But I was realizing, oh, I'm sad about more than just the breakup. And I was starting to realize I'm crying about everything that's ever happened to me from childhood, teenage years, even 20s and stuff. Because I had never thought about it really or just grieved it. So that's what grieving means. It finally, it finally clicked for me how to grieve because before when I was told you need to grieve your past. Yeah, you're like, no, what? Yeah, what does that mean? How do you do that? Yeah. And it really is just acknowledging it and crying about it. And I was only able to do that because I was so depressed. But yeah, I'm just very grateful for it because I would not be where I am now if I had not been so depressed, just like you. Yeah. And one thing I want to add to that is I know it's scary to fall into uncertainty. Like we hadn't cried for so many years. And so when our bodies pushed us into depression to try to get us to finally release our emotions, it was very, I think I can speak to the both for the both of us. Mm -hmm. It was very uncomfortable to sit with that uncertainty because I didn't know if I would ever come out of it. I didn't know if I was going to be depressed for the rest of my life. I couldn't see past where I was at that moment. So another little piece of advice, going back to your question of what advice do I have for people going through depression? Yes, the biggest piece of advice is to surrender. But one action item that you could take is meditating, which I can't harp on enough. This is literally the thing I'll always talk about because meditation helps you sit with discomfort and eventually you'll just get comfortable with being uncomfortable, which will help you surrender to the depression. And there's another point I want to make. In order to receive, you must first let go. It's not the other way around. For example, for somebody in a toxic relationship, especially once you've been in it for so long, you just get comfortable with the toxicity and like you know that you deserve better, but it's kind of hard to actually make that change in your life because of the uncertainty. You don't know what the future is going to bring or what your life is going to look like outside mm -hmm. of that toxic relationship. But the thing is, if your cup is filled with toxicity, 
you first have to empty out your cup and make room for new things to come. So now it's really easy for us to look back at when we were depressed and realize, oh yeah, in order for us to now be happy and start filling our life with activities that are bringing us joy and fulfillment, we first had to let go of the partying and our scandalous behavior but in order to let go of the parting and the scandalous behavior we had to sit with the depression and sit with our emotions and realize why we were being scandalous and destructive because we were deflecting in order to avoid our emotions so going back to in order to receive you must first let go i know it's a lot deeper and a lot easier said than done but this is an example of what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like you said, first you have to empty your cup of all the toxic things. And sitting with an empty cup is very uncomfortable and it makes things feel worse while it is empty, actually. Because that's how it was for me when I was going through this depression this year. I had to empty everything out and I just felt like absolute shit. I was like, well, what now? Like, I don't even know what I'm good at. I don't even know what my interests are. I just didn't really know myself. And I think that's normal though, when you're kind of making this sort of transition. And I slowly started discovering things about myself that I really do love and things that do interest me and things that I am good at. I know there's people out there who probably feel like that. Like they don't have anything good about themselves but i guarantee you once you start making this kind of transition you're going to start finding things because i never thought there was anything really interesting or special about me until i went through all of this and everything that you have is already in front of you you just right now are focused on the toxic things so i know when i was depressed and i realized partying is very destructive it's not healthy for me or conducive and with that came another realization of oh the friends that i have in my life are actually really shitty and i deserve to be treated better but it was scary because i felt like well, if I let go of these people, these are the people that I hang out with every weekend, then I'm not going to have any friends. Yeah, yeah. And then what am I going to do? So it sucked. I avoided it for a long time before I finally parted way with some of the toxic people. And now looking back, I can see all of the goodness that came from it. From that came activities. Now I love sitting at home and doing my hobbies and also... I don't think I even have a single new friend. I already had a lot of healthy. I was say that too. Like you were ignoring people in your life that were actually genuine friendships that were yes. aligned with you. I just wasn't nurturing those yeah. friendships. Yeah, yeah. It was the same exact thing for me. Like once I stopped the partying, I was like, okay, what do I have to offer now? Before all I had to offer, I felt like was being fun and going out and that was it and then you just kind of have to start over which is really hard but completely worth it yeah i agree and going back to your point of letting go uh, again way easier said than done i think that's definitely one of the hardest things you'll ever do for me it was letting go of the idea of being quote unquote normal and straight that was absolutely the hardest thing I ever had to do. Me trying to pretend to be someone I wasn't was just ruining my life in every single aspect. And it took 
a lot of courage to finally accept myself and stop being so ashamed of myself. Even after I came out of the closet, I still struggled with letting go and resistance. So when I graduated college, I, I got a pretty decent job right out of college, making decent money for someone who had just graduated. I was working for an insurance company and I absolutely hated it. I think I worked there for about a year. And yeah, I guess I've never just been super afraid of going with the flow and taking chances. Cause after a year I was like, fuck this, I'm not doing this. And I decided to move to Austin with no job. Uh, and I was like, I'm just gonna move there and figure it out there. And I worked a couple of really shitty jobs in Austin. I worked at this one company that was literally paying me, I think it was like $35,000 a year. I think I just took it because I needed some sort of job. But the whole time I was just going with the flow, I was like, I'll figure this out. So I worked at this company for a while and depression started kicking in. I just was realizing I want to figure things out. I want to figure out what I'm good at. I want something more for myself. I want to do something fulfilling. Everything that I want now, I was wanting back then too. So I kind of just did some searching. I landed on physical therapy, which is obviously a, a lot of schooling, but I quit my job, right? Then and there, and I was like, I'm gonna start taking classes for this. That's and wild. Yeah, I didn't have a job. I was paying to go to school. And this just fits in with the whole theme of letting go and going with the flow. I had this desire to do something more with my life and I just took the chance and do it. And I think so many people are so scared to do that, to just oh, quit yeah. their job. And I'm not saying everyone needs to do that. It's not the right choice for everyone. But for me, I wanted to be a physical therapist. I took the classes for one semester. And again, I was like, fuck this, I can't do this. It was just too hard. It was just not aligning with what I wanted. It just didn't feel right with me. And it wasn't. But looking back, I was like, what were you doing? But <laughs> it, was, it got me out of that really shitty job. During this t time of life, I also was focused. I was still focused on partying and wanting validation. And I wanted to enjoy my weekend. So I was like, fuck this, I'm going back to nine to five job. And I found an a okay job and I worked my way up to where I am now, which is an okay place. But again, this year, it all came back to me. So before I tried the physical therapy thing, I was like, never mind, I'm gonna go back to nine to five. And I was like, okay, I can do this for the rest of my life. This is fine. It'll allow me to do what I want to do. But this year it came back, just what I was feeling back then where I'm not happy in this job, I'm not fulfilled. And so I'm taking another leap of faith and going with flow again. and. It's, it took me some time, but uh, I realized personal training is something that I want to try and that I'm passionate about. And I'm at the finish line with that almost where I'm about to actually start training. And how many years has it been since you were in school up until now that you're pursuing personal training? When I graduated college? No, when you were trying to go back to get a physical oh, therapy. That was probably, I think I was 26. And I'm 30, I just turned, turned 32, so six years. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's been a long time, but See, it just came back up. And so that's the perfect picture to paint how one thing in life will always lead you to the next mm -hmm. when you're going with the flow. But 
the thing about surrendering is it's all out of your control. It might not make sense right away. For your case, it took six years, but now you can look back and see how pursuing PT was guiding you to becoming a personal trainer six years later. Yeah, I think it's interesting that back then I even knew, you know, physical therapy, personal training, pretty pretty similar. I knew back then what I wanted. I it's mean, like you're growing from that seed that you planted six years ago. Exactly. I used to be really big on being type A and being in control. And I know the unhealthy previous version of me would have tried to not let go of going back to school to pursue physical <laughs> therapy. I would have been like, no, I can't be a failure. If I committed to this, now I have to see it through. I'm going to be wasting so much money. And now what am I going to do? I'm going to have student loans to pay off. Or if I wasn't on student loans, then I'd be like, well, I just blew all this money on classes. That was a waste of time. No, no, no. Like I have to make this happen. It's a lot harder for me to go with the flow. So had little Karen been in your situation and probably she would be right now in a miserable career that she hates all because she wasn't willing to just let go of okay we tried this and now we're over it so let's just move on and see what else it leads to yeah yeah I agree and I used to think me going with a flow and just kind of trying new things and giving up so easily was a bad thing I thought it meant I didn't have enough drive or enough ambition but now, like how you just explained it, it's not a bad thing. It's being able to recognize what's not right for you and not getting stuck in that. Because exactly, if I would have continued with the physical therapy thing, like, I would have broken at some point. I know it wouldn't have worked out. I know that wasn't for me. Even when I was going to taking the physical therapy classes, I was working at a physical therapist office. And so I was getting all the experience and I was seeing what I would be doing. And I could just tell this isn't right this isn't what i want to be doing so i just i quit i just dropped out i, I really quit. admire that because the longer that you stay in it the harder it is that it is to walk away i admire what you did because you were able to walk away so much sooner and so yeah. you only had to be uncomfortable for a little bit realizing like oh this isn't for me which is then giving yourself the opportunity to walk away right away. And then that's how you continue to be happy and just explore life. Okay, I know we love to talk about ourselves all day long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I have another example that I think relates to all of this that does not involve you and me. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> okay, so the other day I was watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And Kyle Richards is kind of going through it right now. Her and Mauricio, I don't know how long they've been married for, like 20 years, something like that. Time. Yeah, like a long yeah. time. They have daughters together. They're going through a divorce. And she also is going through a rough patch with her sisters in the last season. Kathy Hilton left the show. They were fighting. It was super awkward. So they she don't talk anymore. Yeah, yeah, no. So she's like, I feel like I'm losing my sisters and now my marriage, everything in my life is falling apart and I'm trying so hard to hold on, but it's out of my control. Like as much as I try to hold on, it's falling apart anyway. And her life coach said something, I wrote it down. He said, give yourself some credit. You're growing, you're shifting. It's gonna ruffle some feathers. So be it. Mm, I love that. Right? Just let it be. Very true. Yeah. And especially because it goes to everything that we've been saying. I don't know if she's depressed, but like she's going through it. When we were depressed, we were going through it. Okay. So 
go through it then. You don't need to add on even more meaning or a whole story behind it because now we can see in hindsight how that was cracking us open, taking everything out of our lives that wasn't serving us and it was making room for something better to come along. So even though right now Kyle thinks her life is falling apart, yes it is, but it's because better things are gonna come for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the give yourself credit is a really important part of that too. We're never giving ourselves credit yeah. that we deserve and just being a little nicer to ourselves. Obviously, Kyle is having a lot of down moments. I'm sure she's crying behind closed doors right now. So this is a lot easier said than done. But I do think it's so important to try to have fun with your life as much as possible because that is the secret to manifesting. When you're not resisting, that's when you can allow miracles to flow in and out of your life. Mm -hmm. If Kyle right now tries to cling on to the marriage and tries to cling on to the rocky relationship with her sisters, she's dragging things out and it's going to only make it harder. If she just accepts, okay, these situations, these relationships are not working out. Let me just go with the flow and accept them for what they are. The sooner that they're going to fall out of her life and then miracles are going to pop into her life. Mm. I see what you mean. So instead of focusing on the negativity, just focus on things that are making you happy. It's also kind of hard because I don't want to say disregard your emotions and force positivity in. Okay, another example of this is... In my career, when I knew I hated it and because I was miserable, I was traveling every month just to try to breathe a little bit and allowing myself to be present with my vacations. That is when I would let go of work and that's when I would enjoy life and just mysteriously and magically those would always be my best selling months like I wouldn't even be working and when I would open my computer back up when I'd be back in the office I would just have all of these people being like okay I'm ready to buy it's mm -hmm. it would always be my biggest sales months and it's when I would do less and just enjoy life more and be in the present moment truly that's when miracles came in the thing about manifesting is sound woo woo like what do you mean miracles just magically fall into your lap obviously if you look at it from a logical standpoint i had already right. put in the work to have all these sales meetings and they just weren't ready to buy at that moment but part of it is also magic it was just magical that every time i decided to surrender and find enjoyment in the present moment regardless of how miserable i was you know because mm -hmm. of work then all this money just came to me and all these deals just closed yeah so the message is cherish the rainbow while it's there. Yes, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Wait, I think this is the first time we've been able to start at the beginning, paint the picture, and then tie and it all back in at the end. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is literally me my entire life. <laughs> all right, well, thanks so much for hanging out with us, Delulu Besties. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.